Welcome back to That Rugby Podcast with g'day, myself, g'day. Husey, back in the Sports Booth studio. Yep. We are run by the Sports Booth. We are the Sports Booth. We are the two gentlemen behind it. And we bring you a rugby podcast every week, um, plus some post-podcast chat. Podcast chat. Yep. But be subscribed to our YouTube channel for that. Everyone loves a bit of PPC. Everyone um, loves some PPC. Yep. Now, obviously, we, well, I was away last week, so we didn't get a podcast, and a lot has Happened in the rugby. A world. lot has happened. But it's good. It it was good that you're away last week. Uh, Luke was away uh, back home in New Zealand, his motherland, recharging, getting some of that Kiwi energy uh, back in him, which is which is good. You you know you need. That's what I need. You need you need a bit of Kiwi energy flowing through you yeah. every so often. And when you, I love Kiwi fruit, man. It's one of my, one of my favorite fruit. <laughs> when you go back, when you're a New Zealander and you've been away from New Zealand, you yeah. do lose. Some of that energy that you've, mm-hmm. your homeland inspires, yeah. and what it's done is allowed me to recharge and look to the future. And you're ready to just walk into Mordor. And I, <laughs> I, I am. I'm, I'm, I'm on an adventure, and and this rugby adventure will, will take us places, especially with Super Rugby coming up. Yeah. You're about to hear my predictions. You're about to hear exactly what's going to happen, and uh, it's all because of my New Zealand experience that I've just got well, back in head. Well, little little tangent here for. A New Zealand experience of mine. I've been to New Zealand twice. Once uh, when I was 11. Yep. Went on an orchestra tour of New Zealand for my school orchestra, smashing out some violin. Travelled all over the shop. Uh, Wellington, Auckland, Rotorua. Right. Fantastic places. Rotorua was amazing. It, it, st- it stank so badly yeah. that when we got off the bus, one of the kids threw up. That's, that's Rotorua for you. Yeah. And then, then after a day or so, we all got used to it. We went swimming in like the hot springs and stuff. That was awesome. Then I went again three years ago. Three years ago now? Three... Four years ago, one of those two, COVID. Uh, when it, when I, yeah, it was four years ago because it was before COVID. Went over for a work event there for Zespri, the Kiwi Farm Collective. Yes, yeah. I found out, insider info for all you Aussies out there, they're coming out with a red kiwi fruit where the inside of the kiwi fruit is red. It's not available here yet. It's available exclusively in New Zealand Zealand. at the moment, and then they're going to bring it out here. So I've never wanted to try a fruit more in my life, but they didn't have any for me. Oh, that's unfortunate. But red kiwi fruit, that's... Yeah, very very flavouring. Very flavouring. Very flavouring in it. Yeah, because you've got your standard green. love that. You've got got your your golden kiwi fruit, and then they're like expanding the range of kiwi fruits. Range of kiwi fruits. Yeah, because it's insanely popular in China and Europe, yeah. Yeah. I, I, I'm a lover of green kiwi fruit. I'm yeah. basic. Green I love kiwi all fruit. kiwi fruits. Yeah, but yeah, I'm not. I'm not against a, a gold one. It's just it makes me remind me of the wallabies. And then yeah, I, start I mean, like, then you put the kiwis together, you got green and gold. It's yeah, perfect. It's like, yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, Six Nations. Yes. Yes. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. Oh flower of Scotland. How the uh, the Scottish have ridden a bit of a high here at the start of the season. I mean, look. Let's let's. Pump the brakes a little bit here so far. They are 2-0. This, one of those victories is over a Welsh side that is... It's looking like one of the worst teams in Welsh history. It's, it's hard as well. I, international rugby's hard because you'd say they're going for a rebuilding phase. But yeah. what, what the fuck is a rebuilding phase in international rugby? Yeah. Because it's not like you can bring in new players, if you know what There's I no mean. There's no draft. Like, yeah, you it's know. not like you're going to get any... Like, but they you can't just go out and trade a couple first-round picks for Marcus Smith or something like no, that. No, exactly. Yeah. So yeah. They, they are in one of the... The weirdest state, they've got the right man at the helm, the yeah. Welsh, but they are at a strange stage. Yeah, but the other victory over the Scottish uh, oh. was against the English, who they've now beaten three years in a row in the Six Nations, which is amazing, and has now added another element of intrigue and mystery and competitiveness to the World Cup. Because Scotland, even though I'm pumping the brakes on them a little bit, have looked fantastic in these other oh, yeah. two games. Looked Fantastic. What I want to say, and I often don't give you credit, but credit has to be given when credit is due. And that is that my my mate to the right, he actually predicted that. Yep. He said, England's going to win the Six Nations. And he'll go, are they going to do a Grand Slam? I asked him this. And we'll flash back to that. And he'll go, no. And I go, who did I lose to? And he goes, Scotland. Scotland. And so he's predicted a Scotland beating the English. Now, the... This is where the hard part comes in. That was just about the easy part of your prediction because now they've got to beat the French and the Irish. Yep. But, I mean, I don't know. Your prediction was the English to win it. They have They obviously lost to Scotland. Didn't look fantastic against Italy. It doesn't mean they can't. Like They're no. still in a good position to do it. It's the, it's the growing pains. It's the initial growing pains of a new coach. Um, yeah, look, the, the, the thing that has to be worried about my prediction, honestly, is 
the Irish because I thought they might take it a little bit easier, the Six Nations in preparation for the World Cup, in which they are, you know, in a little bit of uh, of the driver's seat for number one ranked team in the world and everything like that. They've just had a successful tour in New Zealand, so on and so forth. Everything sort of in place for Ireland to, to go ahead and win it. So you think, okay, maybe they're not going to go as hard as Six Nations, save their energy for the World Cup. Not what it's looked like so far. The Irish have looked fantastic. Yeah, and I mean, that was my prediction. And I'm, I I give you credit. I also want to give myself credit. Yeah, absolutely. Like I'm, I'm a, it's a man of, I'm a critic. Credit yeah. is due type yeah. episode. I Pay attention, said, Reserve Bank. Credit, <laughs> credit scores going up here. I said Italy would beat France. Now, yep. they didn't beat France. 24-29, no. though. Very competitive. I have long been on the anti-France, mm-hmm. anti-French bandwagon. As all new, good New Zealanders should be. We, I, huh, I'm trying to put this in the best terms. This French team is probably the most overrated team I think I have ever seen in my life. And I've seen you been getting some hate in the sports with comments about... Which I will take. And, and for both of us, actually, for not having France in either of our top twos. Which I will take, because yeah. I, I understand, I, I, I'm acceptance of the hate, and the reason I say they're overrated, and this is the issue, I don't think that I said they're the most overrated, they are the most overrated team, I believe, because of how high people yeah. rate them, they're a good team, and they are so dominant at home, that I don't want people thinking this doesn't mean they can't, because I still, I think they're still the favourites for the World Cup, yeah. purely because of a home World Cup, but I look at their record and I go, I just knew they wouldn't, like... When you look at the stats in the Ireland-France game and you actually break it down, France played really, really good rugby and weren't... Re- I don't want to say not competitive because they were competitive, but they didn't... I always thought Ireland were going to win that game. Yep. Like Watching it back, I was like, Ireland are going to win this game. I- Ireland did what they did against the All Blacks, against the French. And I'm like... I just sat there and I go, if France were really the best and they wanted to shut me up, they would have proved it out there and then. Yep. I don't think... I've got them as fourth, and now that would take a loss to Scotland, a loss to England. Which, again, that's it's it not very possible. Possible, like it's not, and it's hard. I'm saying they're so overrated, but those top four teams at the moment in the Six Nations are neck and neck, and even yeah. you can put Italy in there. Look, Wales. Italy is a, rising. Italy is rising. Wales have had a couple of bad games, but on their, you know, when they're on, yeah, like like they can beat a team. Um, we sh- they showed it against Argentina uh, at the end of last year, so. I think it's a, we're in an interesting stage of the Six Nations where, yeah. again, Ireland have set the standard and Ireland have gone out and done the business against the average Welsh side and then have followed up by be, winning the one versus two playoff, basically. Mm-hmm. Now, this week coming up, obviously some big fixtures. Oh, not this week, sorry. Next week coming up because they get a week's break. Yeah. Uh, the big one being France versus Scotland in France, I believe. If I open it up correctly, let me France in France. Yeah, if the Scottish beat the French, then in France, a I will be over the moon with me saying where, what I've said about the French so far. But b I will start really, really fearing the Scottish team. Yeah, if they can go into France and beat the French, uh, after the way they played the All Blacks. Uh, at the end of last year, and they were very competitive, and I and and Finn Russell wasn't at the best as he has been the Six Nations to start off. I sit there and I go, man, the Scottish team. I look at their pack. I look at is it Tui Pilotu? Is that his yeah, name? I believe so. The inside centre, um, whose little brother plays for the Waratahs. Waratahs. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Tui Pilotu. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and just the way he's playing, I go... Little brother who's committed to the Wallabies. Wallabies, play. which yeah. is huge. We'll yep. get on that point later. Um, the way uh, Stuart Hogg's at the back, Duhan van der Meelen is playing... Uh, uh, Duhan van der Meer is playing. I just... I go, man, the Scottish team could Make could surprise us all a little yep. bit. Um, and have stuck under the radar coming up to this point. And I think, you know, a Six Nations would be a big thing for the Scottish. Yeah. So. And, it, and it puts the... the one point game against the Wallabies last year in a whole new context. When you consider, like, you know, a lot of people calling for Rennie's head at that point, saying we should easily beat Scotland. But now you're looking at how they're performing and everything. I think, yeah, people, people in the Southern Hemisphere who aren't paying a lot of attention to the Six Nations and what the Scottish have been building will continue to underrate them. 
even despite Australia's not so flash hot record against them, because uh, the the Scottish are a very uh, physical side. You know, they yeah. they match up well against the Wallabies, and so uh, I think a lot of people, a lot of Wallabies fans, put it down to the Wallabies being bad rather than the Scottish being good, uh, and not giving credit where credit's due. Credit, it's all about credit. I, exactly. I, I, and again, Ching. us us Southern Hemispheres, yeah. Don't give a lot of credit to some of those teams. And yep. even if we look at someone like Japan, New Zealand kind of went into that game with a second string side against a strong Japan side and just about, you know, lost. And you start, you guys, against Italy. We we sit here and we go, oh, we're one of the biggest teams in the world. All Blacks included now in this conversation. You yep. know, the Wallabies used to get caught up in that a little bit. Like, our history will get us somewhere, but the history doesn't put the results on the board. Nope. And so I think you, you are correct, like... We are so, I guess, judgment quick to judge of those teams that we don't fully know well. And yeah. there's, there's that famous saying from the uh, Michael Leach uh, Japan in the World Cup when they were playing Ireland, uh, and it was when in that pool game, and a, uh, a uh, reporter asked him, and he goes, "You know, uh, how are you guys preparing for this game?" Rari Rara, and he said, "You know, I think it was along the lines of Ireland have a week to." Pre- are preparing for this game for the next week. We've been preparing this game for the past four years. Yeah. You know, like those teams start to take this. If you undermine those teams, they're the ones that are preparing to beat you. Like Japan will be preparing every single game, looking ahead to when they play the All Blacks. Yep. The All Blacks are looking, oh, we've got to beat Australia. We've got to get the bleeder slow. We've got to beat South Africa when we play South Africa. Oh, we've got to beat Ireland now. And then Scotland sneak up as they are. I mean, we, we talked about this last, a lot last year. International rugby, fascinating at the moment. Yes. It, this World Cup is already promising to be something special. It is. It's going to be incredible. And it, I, I'm interested now if world rugby actually tapped the, the powers to be of the Six Nations and said, don't you touch South Africa. And the reason I say this, imagine if South Africa was in the Six Nations. And we came here and we oh, we got this tri-nations with us, Australia, Argentina. Mm. That doesn't even fathom up to what the Six Nations no. deliver. So I wonder if World Rugby went, hey, let's leave South Africa where they are. Because yeah. we've talked about it. We, the natural thing would be, hey, we've got our teams playing in a European competition, our, our Super Rugby teams, which are now URC teams. Why aren't we in the Six Nations? But I wonder if Super um, World Rugby went, hey, Actually, we want to keep it a little bit separate. Yeah. Keep those. Because I must say, now the rugby championship, those South African games, because we don't play those South African super rugby teams, I can't wait to play South Africa. Yeah. Like I, again, you played the Sharks twice a year or you played the Bulls twice a year. You got, a, you got a feeling for those South African teams. Now I'm like, oh, when the next time we get South Africa on – on the tour, I'm I'm excited. Type yeah, thing. it's good. It's it, it and because they are getting that European experience in the URC, it provides a different element for when we you play the Springbok. It just they can take the lessons they've learned from there, and then it means that all the Southern Hemisphere teams get more exposure to Northern rugby. Which, you know, after we saw from their successful tours here, is is a good thing for for us. A hundred percent. Shall we move on to Super Rugby? Rugby back home. Yes. We are just over a week away. This is going on tomorrow, so yep. we will be Friday. It kicks off with the Tars versus the Brumbies. Yep. I don't know if that's the first game, but it's there might be a uh, New Zealand. I'd assume there's a New Zealand one a couple of hours earlier. Okay, we have to mention this pre Super Rugby chat because I know you've been one of the harsher critic critics on the Instagram or the marketing around Super Rugby. Eddie Jones comes in. Maybe says a couple of things at a press conference about how great it would be selling out round one. Yeah. And I haven't seen um, Super Rugby teams in Australia jump on something so quickly and yeah. market it so well. And again, going back to credit due, credit where credit yeah. is due. Got We've got a title of the podcast already. Well, you already, yeah, it wasn't hard for me. No. I don't have to be creative <laughs> in this one. No. Because they smashed that. I love yeah. what they've done with it in Australian rugby. The Waratahs have been on fire with some of their posts. They've been they've been great. And as an avid Waratahs fan and follower, it's been 
uh, great to see a lot of the different posts. You know, Lockie Swinton came back from injury, making a whole series about that. Uh, the different trial games and things like that, making a lot out of those. Uh, and the Super W plays as well. It's been it's been the, good to see from the the Waratahs. The Under the Stars. They just went. Did you yep. see that? Yeah, Tars so, Under the Stars. Yeah. So I mean, I just saw that and I was like, okay, this is cool. We're, we're I think Aussie rugby is starting to hit on a couple of cylinders that they've been missing on. Yeah, you, it's sort of like you, they've realised that when you open your mouth, people will listen kind of thing. Because that's what Eddie did. He, he opened his mouth and he actually came out and said something. You know, it wasn't just sort of bland platitudes that you usually hear from a lot of rugby stuff. Or, um, it was actually coming out and saying something a little bit spicy. You see some coaches, because there's a thing that's evolved in the coaching world where you try not to say too much at your press conferences. But a lot of coaches have taken that and gone a step further to not wanting... because And the reason for that is because of social media and you get burned for anything you say if you ever prove it wrong. Like you say, oh, we're going to win this game. Next week on social media, if you lose the game, you get roasted like you're uh, a Christmas ham yeah. um, that your auntie's left in the oven for too long. <laughs> uh, but so, so coaches have become a lot more... Uh, media savvy in the things that they're saying and are very good at avoiding direct answers. And very generic. Exactly, very generic. But some people take that too far where they won't even commit to saying that they want to win. You know, they'll just they'll say, oh, we're just going to go out there and give our best performance and things like that. And it's like, that's like the, such the safe answer because then you, can ne- you can't get called on it when you lose the next week. You just say, oh, look, we, I think we went out there, we gave it our best and we just fell, fell short. You know, and yeah, that's fine to say about the game because that's what happens. It's a, it's a game of two teams. Someone's got to win. Someone's got to lose. Unless you're playing soccer, uh, so one team's going to win. One team's going to lose. That's fine. But what I've loved from Eddie Jones and what I didn't see from Dave Rennie, and I just think it's a personality thing. And there's nothing, nothing that he could have done differently yeah. necessarily. Is fire. Yeah. Is is personality, right? Um, and just challenging. Exactly. Like that, that, yeah. That's a big one for me. Like all he did was a simple phrase of just saying, "Hey, how great would it be?" Just. Yeah. To put it back, like again, I don't think, like you've just said, Dave Rennie wouldn't have challenged Wallabies fans no. like Eddie Jones can. Exactly, and it, it is, does come down to, I think, the fact that Dave Rennie wasn't Australian. Because it's hard. You, you can't, yeah, when you're not from the country, I feel like you have to get pretty good results and then sort of be adopted by the country, right? Yeah. You know, yeah. you can, people can... You can, can do, yeah. You know, you, one example that sticks out in my mind currently is Jurgen Klopp of Liverpool, right? Yep. German, but Liverpudlians have embraced, Scousers have embraced him as, as one of their own, right? Uh, and that's what Rennie would have needed to have done, is had a lot of success early um, and m- maybe a little bit more, or maybe a little bit less stone face. a little yeah. bit more. No, that's what I was about to say. You've either got to get results or you've got to buy in. Yeah. And by buy in, it's like, into the culture. Now imagine mm-hmm. Eddie Jones at Japan. I imagine there was a lot of buy-in yeah. with him about the way the Japanese did it and the way he And we saw it. we saw it in in England as well. You know, like the stories of, you know, the week after he was fired, he was still going to youth rugby clubs and helping out because it was his that was what he wanted to do and it was, you know, what he'd done as England coach yeah. and he still had you know his time there. Um and yeah, so I think he's a person that really buys into wherever he goes. Um, so, yeah, it's it's exciting to have that with Australian rugby. It's something we haven't seen for a, a long time. I think, I think since the early checker days, because I think in the later yeah. checker days, he was so worn down and beaten down by <laughs> Rugby Australia that he just he, – I think he was just happy to get out, to be honest. So, yeah, yeah it's, it's exciting to have him back and, and, you know, taking it to other sports and putting up challenges. And like you said, now – I think Rugby Australia and Super Rugby are sort of waking up to that a bit, which is good. And then there needs to be more stuff off the back of that. Let's start getting some of the players involved in some of that stuff. 100%. And I think the buy-in starts with what Eddie Jones has done, and it's he's laid the challenge. Do Wallabies fans and supporters accept that challenge now? Can you fill out those stadiums for those first games? I, 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 I see it being a success. I can, yeah. I can definitely um, see it being a success. Now what we're going to do for you is our look at our predictions. Look into our yeah. crystal balls. Feel that mana that uh, I, I, challenge, I channeled back in New Zealand, and mm. I'm going to uh, give it to you. So we're going to start with our standings. Would you like to start? Yeah, uh, yes, I would actually, because I think I'm going to surprise you with my number one here. Okay. All right. Now, just for context for, for everyone listening, there's been no scientific research into this. This is all purely gut instinct. This is what I've taken from the spirits 
the vibe. Of, uh, and, and the vibe that uh, elders of Super Rugby, uh, past, present, and emerging, have transmuted to me. Uh, and so, my number. And so this, and to be clear as well, this is not who we think is going to win. This is this is the standings at the end of the regular season, heading into finals. That's the one, right? Who do you think is my number one team? Well, the fact that you've said a surprise, I. A surprise to me would be picking the Waratahs because that would be silly. So, I, But I don't think you've done that. So. I have not done that. I've not done that. It's not an Australian Super Rugby team. Then. It's not an Australian Super Rugby team. So but it's not, it's, not, it's not either of the two. Uh, the Chiefs? I've gone for the Hurricanes. As the number to finish one. one. To finish one. I think they rally behind Artie Savia, who's going to be leaving after the World Cup. Send him come out. Come back, though. Yeah, come back. He, you know, maybe he doesn't. He maybe. does. He does. Maybe, maybe he does. Sabbatical. He signed on, so he's coming back. Mm-hmm. Maybe he decides he's had enough. Who knows? Okay. Anyway, I think the I actually think the Hurricanes will surprise a lot of people this year. I, oh, I love that. I, I, I think they never picked it. I think they'll. I think they'll finish one. I think there's just I don't know. It, it's just it just came to me. I love that. Yeah, I love that. Then I then I have got the Crusaders and the Blues finishing two and three. Okay. Um, in that order. Uh, then I have the Waratahs at four. Now the reason I have Waratahs at four. And not another New Zealand team is because I think because the New Zealand teams have to play each other and so they're going to lose some games, right? And I think the Waratahs have a very good year in Australian Super Rugby, similar to the Brumbies uh, last year. I then have the Chiefs at five, Brumbies at six, Reds at seven, Rebels at eight, and I have the Highlanders missing out yep. on the top eight. Now this was tough for me because I had in my early season predictions picked one of the two uh, Pacific Nations teams to finish in the top eight. Mm-hmm. However, this was before Vinaya Habosi was cut, released, fired. We'll, we'll, touch, we'll touch base on that one later. By the Dura. As my co said, we're going to talk about that later. So I, and the Dura was the team I thought was going to make the top eight. Yep. And, but, and I think he was probably their best player, close to if not Definitely. their best player. Would, yeah. um, so that's, I think, put a severe dent in their finals hopes there. Um, and yeah, look. I don't really have much of a rhyme or reason for those. It's uh, sorry. What was it? So nine was Highlanders. Then nine was Highlanders. Ten was Force. Eleven Dura. Twelve Moana Pacifica. Yeah. So okay. so running running through again. One Hurricanes. Two Crusaders. Three Blues. Four Waratahs. Five Chiefs. Six Brumbies. Seven Reds. Eight Rebels. Nine Highlanders. Ten Force. Eleven Dura. Twelve Moana Pacifica. Interesting. Yeah. Very interesting. I, I've had a tough time. I've yeah. bounced around so much with my predictions, with my decisions. Yes, yeah, so you see, my standings and predictions came from the great beyond. Luke has applied science and I, I'm, I'm, facts and reasoning. I'm a probability man. What's the yeah. probabilities? I like statistics. stacks. I, I, statistics and credit scores. Yes, yeah. Uh, credit where credit is due. Exactly. Uh, the Crusaders will finish number one. The Blues will finish number two. I have the, this one was tough for me, Waratahs finishing number Ooh, three. I like that. I have the Chiefs finishing number four. I have the Hurricanes finishing five. Yeah. I have the Brumby six. Same. We, we finally aligned on one. Yep. The Rebels seven. Wow. This was the hardest one. Yeah. One of the Highlanders or Reds is going to miss out. Probability says that. Yeah. This is where the vibe came to me. Wow. Oh, my goodness. We're going to get something even more spicy here. The Western, Western Force, Force at eight. Wow. I then have the Highlanders at nine, the Fijian Ditter at 10, the Reds to capitulate to 11th. Wow. And Moana Pacifica at 12th. You think Brad Thorne is going to lead an 11th place Queensland Reds team? I think they're a young group, and I think Hamish Stewart lost to the Force is something that isn't being talked about enough. Um, I saw the force name their team, I think, for this yeah. weekend's preseason game. Um, and this is how late it got to this 8 9 tenth was I saw it today and I just went, man, there's some talent in that team. And I just think Fawn's been there for a while yeah. and they haven't quite achieved their heights. And I think this is going to be their down year where Fawn gets let go and they go, yeah. we need to go into a different direction. Yeah. I mean, O'Connor's leading them. I, it's tough. It really yeah. is. And I, re, the Chiefs, I said it last year, were the Chiefs the team that I ranked quite low and could surprise me. The Reds are that team this year. Yep. If there's any team that's going to go, 
uh, and surprise me. It's them. I tell you one one move that I really really like for the Western Force is um, Falau Fainga. Yeah, yeah. 100%. I think that I think you know I I feel like on the Wallaby stage he doesn't perform quite as well. The Super Rugby stage he's very very proficient and will be dangerous for the Force. One hundred percent. So uh, and the reason I've gone Chiefs I think fourth um, was it's actually a lot of those guys last year like when I was making. Um, the post, Brody Retallick will be his last year. I know D-Max coming back in. Brad Weber, probably his last year. Peter Gusso Akula, mm-hmm. last year. So I feel like a similar vibe to the Crusaders is for the Chiefs this year, where this is going to be their last really big push um, for a really good year. Uh, I think they, they lost Chase Tietia, who was a standout for them over to the force as well. So I just went, you know what, I think the Chiefs are going to do well. Put my Hurricanes to fifth, because the only reason they're there as well is the up and down they have, and we're so re- heavily reliant on two players in Jordy Barrett and Adi Savia. I would love to be able to say that that squad can lift them. I just know we've got a young first five in Aidan Morgan, young fullback in Ruben Love, and it's been confirmed that Jordy Barrett will be playing 12 for most mm. of the year. So I'm just um, iffy. I'm iffy to rate them as high as you've rated them, yeah. purely because of how reliant on two players we are. But those two players aren't two bad players to no. be reliant on. And and they they are two players that can carry you to exceptional heights. Exactly. I think, and I think yeah, definitely last year consistency was your major issue. You know, dropping it's always the going to the Moana <laughs> Pacifica is yeah. If you could just get that turn up a little, fix it up a little bit this year, I think you're in good straits. Uh, player of the year. Now, this is what you need to actually get yourself into, kid mind, mm-hmm. because I don't know if Super Rugby does an MVP, but we do an MVP. Yeah. So you've got to think, what do you think our followers are going to vote for and who do you think they're going to fo- uh, vote for? Yeah, yeah. Not well, they're all going to vote. The best yeah, they're going to vote for a New Zealand player. We discovered that last year. Uh, Unless, I, I would say they, there would be a Wallaby, if, if the Australian team, say the Waratahs go ahead and win it, and let's say Izzy Parisi, I'm just going to chuck him out there, is a standout, they, they, I do think they could get some votes, yep. but it would take something special. Yeah, I... I think it's going to be Richie Moanga. I think, I think our fans would vote for him because uh, I think the Crusaders... Oh, I mean, the Crusaders are going to do very well. That's a, that's a given. It's super ugly. Crusaders are going to do very well. Yeah. Uh, and he's going to have more highlight reel moments this year, as he always does. Uh, and, yeah, I think the Crusaders, I don't you know, they'll, they'll be in the final more than likely. Um, and I think the fact that they get so far gives more weight to a Crusaders player. 100%. Um, I have gone with, and it's tough, it really is, um, but I've actually gone with Jordy Barrett. Yeah. Now I think it's you, know, you know what's funny? He was the next person on my on list. list. Yeah. And you know what's funny? You know how in sync we are? Richie Mwanga was, <laughs> was next on my list. There you go. I, I, I had it ranked one, two, three. It went Jordy, yeah. uh, Richie Mwanga, and then Bowden. Yeah. Now I think Bowden, the, the, and the tough thing with a Super Rugby year and a World Cup is the resting games. Yes. Um, and I think. Because of how talented that Blues team is and with the ability of Stephen Perifetta to step in there and other playmakers, I don't think Bowden's going to have such a big year. Mm. Richie Moang and Geordie Barrett, I think, are going to be too massive. I think Richie Moang is going to go out there and go, I want to show that I am All Blacks number 10 heading into a Rugby World Cup. There's no doubt bring Bowden off a bench. Yep. Um, but obviously, in sync, we're good. Uh, the surprise of the year. Yes. Yeah, surprise of the year. Uh I think is going to be the, I think the surprise here I'm going to say is the Melbourne Rebels side. That's why I picked them in my top eight. I think the Rebel Rebels, uh, I've got some definitely got some great players down there. Callaway, one of the first ones that comes to mind, um, and I think they will beat a New Zealand team this year to get in the top eight. Definitely, I agree as well. Uh, my surprise of the year is linked to my predictions, and that's Brad Fawn will be fired yep. as the Reds head coach as they drop to a. Disappointing result. And finally, Rookie of the Year. It's a really tough one. It is. Yeah, because you don't know if some of these players will play this year. Yes. It's not like the the NFL or the NBA where, you know, okay, this guy's definitely going to play. Star, yep. Yeah. 
I'm actually going to say it's it was part of my I think Super Rugby predictions in fact uh, that Max Jorgensen was going to be in the Waratahs this year. And I think with the Kurtley Beal situation, he will be on the field sooner rather than later, and I think he will have a similar ascendancy to Dylan Peach last year um, within within the Waratahs rank, and then Mark Noangani Tawase as well. Although Marky Mark went a little bit further through the Wallabies, but I think Peach was more impactful in Super Rugby. I think that's what we'll see from Jorgensen. Uh, I'm going to go, and again, it's tough. You don't know if these guys are going to play, but he was recently on uh, one of our one to watches. His name's Mecca Springer, and he is a like six foot four Crusaders winger. Now, the reason I say this yeah. is Crusaders are obviously very good. We all yeah. know that. If he can, well, George Bridge, I believe, is on his way out. May have already gone. I'm actually confused where he is at the moment. Um, and if he can put himself onto a starting spot, I know Will Jordan is currently out with migraine symptoms, mm. not concussion-related, but just migraine symptoms. So I don't know when he's going to be back. So I think there's an opportunity on the outside for Crusaders. And if you're an outside back for a Crusader and you have an inch of talent, Chances are you're scoring Score 10 tries. tries yeah. So if he does get on the field, watch for him to be a 10-plus try scorer in this year and take some names and some numbers and potentially be a bolter for the uh, Rugby World Cup. Yeah, building up that credit score. <laughs> uh, let's go on to the Super Rugby rule changes. Now, let me bring them up. Um, we won't go too into depth to the actual rule changes, but basically what we now know is those time... Mm. The specific times is going to be kept to. So it's 90 seconds, I think, for a penalty, 60 seconds for a conversion. Yeah. Uh, and then, yeah, there's there's ones around the the ruck and the scrum as well. All also, the timing. There's this formal timings, which I think is great. Yep. And it's been re in the maybe before, but it's been, you know, solidly emphasized after the debacle of a Wallabies game last year, which is great. And that's what you want some certainty. You want some. That, that's it. You want, you want as little subjectivity in it as possible. You want it. Objective. There's the clock. Thanks. You missed the clock. Fuck you, basically. We, you know. we, we said it when that incident took place that as long as something good came from it, it was a worthwhile thing to happen. Now, it's easy to sit there in, in, the, in the position of winning and say yeah. that. I'm sure you don't agree with that. But I, 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 It's better I, than nothing. I, better than nothing. Yeah. <laughs> it's better than nothing changing. It's better than World Rugby looking at that and saying, yep, that's exactly how that was supposed to go. <laughs> we'll stick with that. You know? Could you imagine just at a round table yeah. and then being like, the result of that, the, the end of that game, we enjoyed seeing Yeah. That. Like, that was a good finish to a game. Now, I mean, it was a good finish made for entertainment. But I don't know if it was the right finish. On to the second it wasn't. Point. It wasn't the finish rugby fans deserved. Yes, agreed. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Uh, and then the second big change is the TMO. Now, yes. they're going to be less involved. And after a yellow card gets given or after, like, a head contact incident, they'll the referee will make his decision. The TMO will rever- review it. Kind of like VAR, yeah. VAR. So you will have the incident happen. Referee makes his decision. TMO reviews it. And the game still happens and then yeah. can be upgraded to like it, a red And it card. just makes logical sense. You think, all right, this player's already going off for 10 minutes. If they've done something more serious, announcing that they've done something more serious while they're already serving part of the 10 minutes, what what impact does that have on the game? They, I'm sure they thought, you know, sort of thought about before and were like, oh, no, we can't do that. It has to be decided here and now so they know what the punishment they're getting. Why? They don't need to know. They're already off the field. 100%. You know, you, you're not putting anyone else on in their place. Yep. Right? And then, yeah, you have that decision. Great. Fantastic. Reduced. And I think some of the phrasing that was used that I read was that our fans don't want to be uh, sitting and watching frame by frame reviews of decisions uh, and then losing out on even more action afterwards. So at least 100%. they've got some self-awareness about what it is that is making the product difficult. To and I know uh, a page I follow called Feed the Backs, uh, based out of New Zealand. Um, of course you follow that page. Yep. Of course I do. Yeah. Uh, ben O'Keefe, the referee, actually made a couple of comments on this and yeah. said how great this is yeah. as an initiative. He said it will take like eight minutes off the clock, like, not off the clock, but eight minutes of just sitting there watching replays yeah. and 100%. you'll be back in. And now I do love a good replay yeah. and I can imagine there'll be times like at half time now you can yeah. go back and go, okay, here was the red card. And he talked about actually having 
a assistant referee or a third match official explain why it was upgraded yeah. to the commentary team so that the fans... And I'm like, God, are we actually... Is this... Yeah, it's content. <laughs> like, do we under, rugby doing something right? Like, I know, innovation, it's crazy. <laughs> so, I mean, a lot of good coming for an exciting Super Rugby season. I love... I think one of the other things with the TMO as well was that they wouldn't intervene on the field. Like, they wouldn't. you wouldn't just get a TMO call in Unless it was something like foul play, it was or yeah. Somewhere. It was it was like they upgraded the the level of difficulty on it, like a yep. level level of uh, I don't even know what you call it, like the the threshold. That's the word before the threshold at which they would get involved, which is great. Yeah. Um, and then I believe as well, there was two levels of red card, right? There was a twenty minute red card and then a full red card. Oh, I didn't see that. Yeah. Oh, do, that. oh, I know something. That Breaking awesome. news. Yeah. yeah. Holy yeah. shit. Yeah. No. Yeah, Super Rugby uh, twenty minute red card. So there's a thing where you can get a twenty minute red card, um, but if it's like uh, a really, um, if it's if it's very egregious, it's a full red card. Um, but I'm bringing yeah, up ESPN. I'm, I've got it. I got it on. I've got it here as well. Yeah, and a move to help clean up dangerous play, the full red card oh, yeah. will also make its return, which will mean referees will have the ability to send a player off for deliberate foul play with the team unable to make a replacement. The 20-minute red card will still be in use. Excellent. This is great news. That's even better news. I didn't even read that one. So, okay, well, I'm excited. Like, yeah. If you're not excited, then I don't know what, you can, what, you, what you're doing wrong because I'm yeah. excited. Yes, I'm very excited. And it's good, it's good that they aren't scrapping the 20-minute red card because I think that's still – I actually quite like that innovation – and it's, we said it last year. We we didn't have twenty minute red card and full red card. We had sort of yellow, orange, and red card, right? And the orange card is what the twenty minute yep. red card is. Where yes, you've done something wrong and it's dangerous. You can't come back on, but we're not going to punish your team for the whole game because it wasn't deliberate. There's, there's, a, there's a difference between yeah. punching someone in the face versus a tackle that slips, tackle high. That slips up, and you now have to under the rules give it a red card. Controversially. Over in the Six Nations, Uni Antonio, who big fr- French prop, yeah, had a very that's a rare card offence, and only got a yellow card for it. So that'll be interesting to see what comes out of that. Yes, um, Super Rugby, awesome, everything's going well. NRL slash Rugby Union, yeah. NRL slash NRL Times Wallabies, the combo you didn't know you needed. Yeah. Cam Murray and Nelson Asafa Solomona have both come out and I would say hinted that. There's some interest. They flirted. They flirted they, with Eddie Jones and the Wallabies, basically. They flirted. Yeah. Now, I'm going to start with Nelson, big, big Ness, because yeah. I've played with big, nasty Ness, and he is big and nasty. Now, my issue is, and he said it as well, is it would be weird because he's a New Zealander through yeah. and through. Now, Charlie Gramble was also a New Zealander through and through. You get that opportunity, you fucking don't. Don't say no. And he said Australia has given him and his family a lot because obviously Melbourne set up, bang, everything. He's not wrong. It'll hurt to see, will it? Yes. Would it be great for the Wallabies to have potentially one of the best number sixes running around in the game? I, I don't doubt it. So to start off with Nass would be a huge pickup. Yeah. He's obviously I, – I, I imagine if the money's right, he will go. Yeah. And he will not take – like – People don't give him a lot of credit because they just see him as a big idiot. But his actual rugby smarts... Like, and he's, he's quite a skillful ball player as well. What you don't understand is from the age of 11, he's always been bigger than people. Yeah. And what getting into the storm system, I think, early taught him was you may be bigger than people, but that won't take you all the way. Yeah. And he, he, he mucked around all the time at training with us, but I can tell when he went to that next level, as in went into rep teams and stuff... There was an attitude like he knew how he had to be good and when he had to be good, and I could just see he would be able to switch over very easily. Yeah, he's he he was seen as our next Sunny Bill coming out of Wellington, and as we've seen, it was being very successful with Sunny Bill. Yeah, so number six, but you could also see a number twelve for the future with Cam Murray. Yes, talk. and that's that's got me really interested purely because of how I look at Cam Murray as I guess Roger Tuivasa Sheck, where he is probably one of the most, if not dominant rugby league players in the world at the moment or and or even a Jared Hayne 
when Jared Home went for NFL. Like to switch sports, it would be really interesting. I guess yeah. as a Wallabies fan, how did that make you feel to hear what he said? I would be it'd be great. Like you know, he basically came out and said, "Yeah, I've thought about it, but I'm focused on the current NRL season." So he didn't really say much, right? Um, it, yeah, he did the equivalent of liking someone's photo on Instagram or reacting to their story, right? You know, there's it's he definitely a, reacted to Eddie Jones' story. Yeah, yeah, he put he's put he's put a feeler out there, and then he's. Trying to see if someone else will. He's chucked a "What you up to?" message. You know, it's three a.m. He's stumbling home. No, 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 no. That's that's no, no. He's Sending gone too far. That's that's the, uh, no. If he sent a "You up" message, that's him basically saying, "Yeah, I want to come to the Wallabies." Right? <laughs> he hasn't gone that far yet. So he, has, he, has he's Eddie not, Jones sent that to him. That, well, that's what that's what we're that's what might have happened. We might we might have had an Eddie Jones DM to Camaro like "You up? You up? You up?" Right? And then um, you know, we this is the this is the cryptic tweet or Instagram story from Camaro in response. Do you reckon you actually know Cam Murray's replied, "Go to bed, Eddie," and and that's a sign like Eddie's like, "Oh, well, he's at least replied. Like he's yeah. still interested. He's replied. <laughs> he may have told me to go to bed." But he replied, yeah, or, or just a laugh react. He's just laugh react. Oh, done laugh a react. Yeah, that's he a laugh good. React a he hasn't even he hasn't even replied with the emoji. He's just reacted to it. He just, re- just reacted to it, and then and the laughing react is like, oh, okay, is this like do I continue here, or is this like a laughing react because they're just being polite? And so there's going to be further. It's it's an intricate dance. There's going to be further posturing and you know vague media statements and yep, yep. things like that until they sort of someone takes the plunge. Yeah, and it's it's an elaborate dance. My <laughs> it's an elaborate dance. <laughs> but have we you ever watched it. if you've ever watched a uh, David Attenborough documentary on flamingos? <laughs> That's what we've got with Eddie Jones. Yeah, and Cam Eddie Murray. Jones and Cam Murray. It's a flamingo mating dance right now. Absolutely love that. Well, you know what isn't uh, flamingo mating dance right now? It is the Wallaroo. Actually yes. getting paid on central contracts. Now you know what's funny. Just as they get paid, all of a sudden the NRL's women's yes they CBA they come to a collective bargaining agreement. agreement. All Ooh. of a sudden, like Ooh. all this is outside interest. So I mean, yeah. fantastic for I think it was thirty five women's contracts will be paid out. I didn't know. I didn't know figures. I didn't yeah. too far into it. But I saw the headlines. I read the article. Um, it's great stuff. Both for the Wallaroos and for the NRLW players. Oh, well. again. It's amazing. And the NRLW ones, uh, I like that they've released all the facts and figures of minimum player contracts. The woman finally getting paid is only going to help the men's game in my belief. Yes. Because you're actually bringing attention to rugby even not there. And the same thing's being discussed. Uh, uh, another page uh, I, I follow on Instagram. Uh, What's this one? Fly halves for MVP or well, something Well, it's actually like called The Legend of Marty Banks. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but he he got, he sent out a message basically like saying, anyone who would like to, from New Zealand Women's Rugby, feel free to message him. He'll keep it anonymous about pay and uh, players going over to Women's Super Rugby. And he got quite a lot of messages. It actually ended up being aired on New Zealand News because of how many messages he got and messages about why players were going overseas and the opportunity. And now we see this happening. And you can see why a five-round competition, which it is in New Zealand, Superwoman Rugby or Super Rugby, I'm not going to butcher the Māori name, I apologise, Super Rugby Women's Game over in New Zealand, well, it's only five rounds. And it's the same with Super Rugby. They've got to improve that competition. They've got to combine those teams as far yes. as I'm concerned. They've got to – I know – and there's a lot of talk. Money's obviously the, the end result, and there isn't as much money in Super Rugby at the moment than there is the NRL, so it's yeah. harder to do. But, again, if there's money there, it's got to be contributed there. I, yeah, I mean, personally, I would love to for the women's game to exactly mirror the men's game. And it's, I think you talked about it before. Like, imagine – before the you're going to see like a Waratahs game. Imagine before the Waratahs game, there's the Waratahs women's game. Right, yep. I'd show up early for that. Yep, I definitely show up early for that. Hundred percent. I watch, sit there and watch both games. You get a ticket you, to see both games. Absolutely, I go see. And again, that's if that's how we're doing it, and that we do it, gate revenue. All it is is pe- more people coming to. Even if you know you sell out a stadium and you see. 5,000 people leave after the women's game, you've still sold out the stadium, so the gate revenue yeah. goes to both competitions. It just makes sense, but again, we're not we're not around those yep. tables, but we should be. We should be. Yeah. <laughs> uh, last point for today, and you you mentioned his name earlier, mm-hmm. um, Vinaya Abose. Now, the, the reason I wanted to bring him up uh, and put him on our run sheet is actually because one of the boys at the new team I play for, and the shoot shield said, "Oh, knows I do the podcast." And said, mm-hmm. "You got to talk about Habasi. You got to talk about Habasi." And I go, "Oh yeah, 
well, I've seen a story. What, 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 what do you reckon? And he goes, Fiji and rugby union reacted too fast. And it's interesting. Uh, it's a tough topic to talk about. Now, mm. I this is the first ever t- time I've seen a contract get ripped up like this, and I had to dive so deep into the news to find out why his contract was getting ripped up. Yeah. If you know what I mean. Now, normally it's a player gets arrested, then contract gets ripped up. This was the other way around. It was like the news dropped, Habossi was out, he was being uh, let go. For high-level misconduct. High-level misconduct. Now, do you know why he's been let go? No, no. I, I, can't, I can't. I've been, can't I actually it. tried to find it when it got announced. All I could see was the same phrase repeated, high-level misconduct. I love it. Now, again, I don't want to take away from the Dura and the Fijian Rugby Union doing what they're doing with getting rid of him because of this. What, from what I found going deep enough into the web, it was for domestic abuse. Now, again, we we don't know the full story. We'll never yeah. know the full story. We obviously don't want to – I don't want to point fingers or anything, and I don't want to take away from domestic abuse because if he did anything like that, it's horrible. It should never be done. Never lay, lay your hands on a woman. You know, we all, we all understand that. Now, what was really interesting talking to this Fijian guy and my team was – he said the Fiji and Rugby Union or the Dura reacted too fast. Now, as I've just said, you don't often see it where a contract gets torn up before the story breaks. Yeah. Like you normally hear, and again, a good one, an NRL story just broke today. I saw where an NRL, a high-level NRL player, they haven't named the person yet, has been um, in courts because of a rape that happened back in December, end of December. And again, we've heard the story before. Apparently the player's been stood down. We don't know who it is. Ready, ready, right. So we heard about the story before his contract's at least been torn up. Or even the, the fact that he's been, he hasn't even put on the no-fault stand-down policy. Yeah, exactly. So I sit there and I go, okay, I understand that. And I get that. And when we started talking, he goes, look at New Zealand rugby. He goes, Sever Reese, who's a prime example. He did it earlier on, so he wasn't quite a super... Well, he'd been in the Crusaders... Not the Crusaders, the chief setup, I believe it was, was done of a form of domestic abuse um, and then got a second chance with the Crusaders and then took it. So if it was at a level or even, I know they've said it's a high le- um, level, and I'm, again, the story hasn't fully come out, so I don't want to comment too much on it, but it is a lot to let go of a young man who you. He may have made a mistake. Now, he's already on a plane to racing because he had already signed a deal for after this year to go and yep. play for Racing 92. So I can guarantee you Racing 92, I don't want to say isn't bothered, but will take him in still and yep. he'll have a professional contract. So it would have had to be such a bad thing for him to do for them to decide this. So I don't want to say that it's the wrong decision. It just seems like, and I don't want to say bad of New Zealand rugby, but... New Zealand rugby, you see a lot of issues and they can easily get swept under the rug. Yeah. Something happens, we sweep it under the rug, no one talks about it, they find out five, five six months later. I like the way Fiji and Dura have gone about this purely from the fact of a respect to the team and the culture that they're trying to build, but it does interest yeah. me. And one of the, the the press release they said, we basically they were talking with Habossi the entire way through the process. Right, so it sounds like they. It, so, it sounds almost like how you would have a HR matter in a, in a company, which is probably what it should be. Yep. Very much like where there's, you know, both sides have got their their rights, and you're informed of those rights, and you 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 those rights are honoured the whole way through the process. You're allowed to be informed of certain things, and yeah, it is a, it is a tough situation because we don't know the the details of of things, uh, and it's tough for not only a bossy, but also um, potentially his partner, ex-partner, whoever's been involved in the situation on the other side of things that we don't know anything about. Um, and, yeah, I, I, I think that clubs are reluctant to to just cut off the back of rumour and allegations, mm-hmm. right? I, I think they would have to be pretty certain of what happened or or feel like as if the, the pendulum is going to swing that way anyway. And, yeah, I, I don't know. Or it could even, the, the thing though as well is it could even just be that they don't want to be associated with even a whiff of this. And so at the first cent of it, they're just, they're... I do, yeah. Cutting. I wonder if they went 
you know what, this has happened, he's leaving next year. We want... Yeah, we'll cut our losses now. We, we want to send the message that this isn't all right from our players. Yeah. And we want, as we said, one of the best players in the Fijian Dura last year. We won't accept that yeah. in our group. And we're going to send a message here and now. Like, look, he's already leaving. Look, we've given him the best possible opportunity. Let's let's cut our losses, as you've said. Yeah. Credit where credit is due. They've made a decision. Like, it takes a lot of courage to get rid of one of your best players. And the Fiji Endura organisation have done that. Um, but it, it will be an interesting story. I'm sure more news will come out. Yeah. But it does. But his perspective in it is something I would have never thought of, where, hey, like, we've got players in the All Black setup who have done wrong things and we've you know, there's been plenty of things done wrong by other players at high level and they've cut him after this. Uh, questions to be asked. Well yeah, it's you can definitely see the difference in standard between the even contemporary examples, Habossi and Beal. Yep. Right? You know, they're both well, I don't know if Habossi's even been charged, but Beal's been charged. Yeah. Certainly, and we haven't seen anything about him being released from the war no, it's just at least this stage. Yeah. yeah. So Lots of interesting points there. Uh, well, it's been a week. Yeah. Next week, uh, we may or may not be here. Um, we'll have to sort out our schedules. Um, but if we're not, that's all right, because in two weeks' time, it'll be yeah. after the first round of Super Rugby. So a lot to talk about in two weeks, and we don't follow up again next week. But hopefully we'll sort something out. If not, yeah. not the end of the world. We'll figure it out. Excellent. Anything else from you in the, the rugby? No. No, 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 I think we covered it all. Awesome. Excellent. Thank you for joining us today. It's been a fantastic episode, and uh, credit where credit is due. You've made it a great episode as well, Husey. Thanks, man. You 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 too. I missed you while you were over. Oh, yeah, it's tough, you know. When we miss each other for a week, that's... I know, yeah. You you think we're friends outside of this, but we don't talk at all except for this hour. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I actually don't know if I like this guy outside of this podcast. Yeah, well... Nah, based, based on based on based on this year's NFL results, okay. I think well, we're going to cut this. Yeah, here. I've actually already <laughs> cut it before I said that. Yeah. And no, thank you for joining us. We'll catch you again next week. Goodbye. Peace.